What's up everybody? Let's spin some yarn. So this is going to be the first of like the discussion responses to uh, the Reddit thread that I did where I asked the, the question, where I asked why is uh, trust eroding between the Chiefs mess and junior enlisted. Uh, got some amazing feedback, way more engagement than I ever thought I would and I, I got a lot out of it from just the perspective that I got. Uh, again, I'm still going to seek out some more of that uh, from the officer community and then for some, from Chiefs, but and some discussions that I've already had uh, with some, some friends of mine and then I, I have had some kind of offline discussions with some of you uh, that responded on the Reddit thread. Uh, I've gotten some just message responses via Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that and email. Uh, and then still waiting on that point paper, bro. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I'm looking very much forward to checking that out. Uh, that one of one of you is is writing for me uh, in response to this. I'm not not for me, but for the question, right? Um, and and kind of what I want to talk about first is something that kind of struck me. I, I I've been thinking about this a lot and just like processing it, kind of digesting it, trying to piece it out and, and look for root causes and. and uh, and I'm still I'm still forming those thoughts in my head, but one of the things that I kind of want to focus on today when I when I'm talking about this, and again, this, there's going to be a bunch of these uh, as I as I kind of piece my way through this is that it is I want to focus on like the human aspect of leadership, right? Where I, I've talked about it before in interactions I've had with junior sailors and in their frustration with the Chiefs mess and. The frustration they've just ex ex expressed to me of leadership in general, right? Um, this whole podcast was launched based on a Facebook post that I made uh, addressing some of these concerns that were voiced to me by prior students of mine, by A school students who had just left initial session training. They had left an environment where uh, it's sailorization. It's very strict, very regimented. They know exactly where the lines are. They know exactly what's expected of them. There's everything's regimented and scheduled, and uh, they don't have to think that much. They just gotta adhere to the standards and do. But uh, as I've talked about before, as much as I enjoy it, and as much as I agree with a lot of the ways that it is structured, we're preparing them for a navy that's not real, right? Like we're creating expectations that that don't exist. Because as soon as these guys get to the fleet, it's like they tear all this down and start again, right? They reset expectations, which is really disappointing to somebody that uh, is built in a system that it's like built for this idyllic Navy that's, that's just not real. They get out there and it's not the same thing. So I had a lot of conversations with these sailors who went to ships with uh, what they perceived to be bad leadership and... Uh, they had a lot of them had a really hard time, and some of them had encountered genuinely poor leaders, just bad people that should have never been in that position in the first place. They exist. I'm going to address that in detail. I, I want a little more time to think about that one, uh, so that I make sure I get that piece right, but uh, or as right as I can, anyway. Uh, but the part that was more common was they were encountering what were perceived to be bad leaders that were really developed developing leaders. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is, and I've talked about it a bunch before as I've, I've picked myself apart as I step through this project of this podcast, right? Is, is that I, I've screwed a lot of things up and that's one of the main motivators besides 
uh, those students reaching out to me to actually go through with doing this podcast was that I I don't have a time machine. I don't get to I don't get to a do over, right? But I can share my experiences and more importantly my failures with you and and show you like hey this is what I did this is why it was wrong this is why it didn't work right and and as I developed I made a lot of mistakes and figured those things out I had to learn a lot of the lessons the hard way right and a lot of leaders in the Navy have to learn a lot of lessons the hard way because again lack of leadership development and education if you don't get luck box your way into an outstanding mentor you know, like you might be SOL and you might just have to kind of trial and error your way through this, learn from the mistakes of others and learn by seeing what not to do. Uh, as people, A, make mistakes because they're human and B, you encounter bad leadership. It happens. I've encountered some myself. The, the universal truth here is that they're all human beings and I'm not trying to turn this into a like rainbows and unicorns hug fest, right? That's not what I'm doing. But what I am doing is is shedding some light on what's often ignored from the junior sailor perspective, okay? Is that every single person that is in a leadership position is a human being. The vast majority, if not all, of those people that are put into those leadership positions were not ready. From the work center supervisor level up, if any of you are listening and you've ever been in any sort of leadership position whatsoever, you probably weren't ready when you were first put in that position. I remember the first day I stepped on board a submarine. Uh, the position that our watch is is galley watch captain, right? Uh, back then, not really a formal qualification process for cooks on a submarine. They just kind of chucked us in there and we figured it out because uh, it's just cooking, right? It, it is, that's the attitude that was taken. And there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it. Uh, there's effectively logs, like there's a bunch of paperwork. Um, you have to do ventilation rigs on a submarine. There's all these things that you have that are your responsibility. No idea what I was doing, but he just said, hey, get in the galley and cook lunch. I'm like, I, what? Like, I don't know. I don't even know where everything is. I don't know my way around this equipment. I don't know how to operate this specific equipment. But he knew I had prior cooking experience, and he just told me to get in there and just jump off the cliff, see if he can fly. And so I was in charge of people. I mean, a very low level. Like, I had an, one FSA working for me and technically one cook, but I, I had no visibility on that at all, right? So, like, I wasn't ready. I wasn't even close to ready. I wasn't even remotely ready. And I probably screwed a bunch of stuff up, and I remember getting yelled at, but then I remember getting some praise out of it, too, because uh, there was some stuff that I did right, which was great, but very, very rarely ready, right? When I made chief, I was not ready. So, and, and it's not, does that mean it's wrong? Does that mean I, I wasn't ready to be selected? Abs- like, absolutely not. I think I got selected at the right time. Uh, if I had gotten a selected a year earlier, I wouldn't have been ready, but that's another story for another time. Uh, but you're understand that when you're selected, you're selected because like you're ready to transition into a new role. When you transition into a new role, you have to learn that new role. A lot of things change. A lot of things are very different. And this isn't just transitioning from uh, a first class to a chief, right? This is transitioning from any junior position into any kind of supervisory or leadership position whatsoever. Human beings, especially sailors that are are not currently serving in a Navy that's providing structured, regimented, brick and mortar, like formal leadership development education, are put in these positions and they're not equipped with the tools that they need to be great leaders. They're just not, right? There's a lot of this self-study, self 
read some books on the CNO's reading list and we'll do PO Indoc maybe and it might be a good product and it might not be. Uh, and then that's hopefully you get a good mentor and then that's it. That's the whole show, right? So uh, when you're put in that position, you're going to fail. I failed. I There are sailors walking around this Navy that hate my guts. I promise you that. Uh, I'm luckily in a position where soon, as, as soon as my schedule allows me to, uh, I'm going to swing by a base galley where one of my prior sailors works that uh, I couldn't I couldn't lead him. I tried. I did what I thought was right at the time. And no matter what, we were always butting heads. The kid left that ship hating me. May still harbor some of those same feelings. And I'm going to go find him and, and say, because he flourished on another submarine. I'm going to find him and say, hey, what did I do wrong? Like, I want you to tell me genuinely, like, how much of it was you? How much of it was me? How much of it was our personalities clashing, right? Like, how much... What, like, what was the problem? Why did, what changed when you went to a different boat? What was that leader like? Why did that leader work for you? Uh, did, had you changed in between this submarine and that submarine? And that's what it was like. What was it? I want to know, was it one thing or was it a combination of things and what those things were so that I can learn from it? Because when I was his chief and I was a chief at the time, I sucked at it. <laughs> I, it whatever I did worked, right? For, the majority of my guys, uh, I'm still in touch with a lot of them. They they don't have a lot of negative th- things to say about me. I just had dinner with a couple of them that go out of their way to come see me. So, I mean, if they hated me, they wouldn't be doing that. But for this guy, it didn't work. Whatever I was doing didn't work. So, uh, and be- even before that, when I was a second class, there's a couple of guys running around the Navy still that if they saw me, they would like pretend they didn't see me and run in the other direction because they didn't want to have an awkward exchange with somebody they hate right? That's a fact. There are sailors in the Navy that think I'm the worst leader ever and are probably telling other people that hear about me that I'm the worst leader ever, right? That's that's reality. And if, is it because I'm a bad person and I'm a terrible leader? No. It's because when they encountered me, I was immature. I was still developing. I didn't have the tools to do the job. I was learning. I was put in a position I wasn't ready for yet. And I was like flopping and twitching and groping in the dark as I progressed through this process. And I sucked at it at first. I was really bad at it. Um, when I was a second class, I like spent a lot of time training one guy who's now a chief and I'm still in contact with. I spent a lot of time training him cause I liked him. And then I spent not a lot of time training these other two new guys cause I didn't like them. That's not how you lead people. I know that now, right? But I I didn't know that then. I mean, I was immature. I was like 22, 23, just like, and nobody was correcting me. Nobody was telling me I was doing it wrong. Nobody was teaching me. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have an example to like look up to. I just did what I thought I should be doing or what felt good or what was easy, right? Uh, And there was zero accountability for me at the time, except as long as the meal came out and the galley was clean, no one cared what I did. And, uh, yeah, I like the big focus for me is that in these positions, these people are figuring it out. And regardless of how much time and effort we put into leadership development education, like let's say tomorrow, the CNO called me up and said, senior, how can we fix this? We want you to be part of these focus groups and we're going to give you all these resources and we're going to have you fix leadership development and education in the Navy. Like, let's just say they make me king for a day. And we do it and we pour all these resources into it and everybody has all this amazing leadership development and education, right? 
it's not going to fix everything. It's going to make people, it's going to build a better foundation, make people a lot more ready, a lot more equipped. They're going to put those tools in their toolboxes, but everybody's still human, right? They're not all going to listen. It's not all going to work for them. They're all going to have their own opinions, right? Human beings are going to, they're going to be at varying levels of maturity. They're going to be coming from different backgrounds and different contexts. So it's not going to fix everything. You're always going to find yourself in a position where a leader is in a position and they're figuring it out as they go. Uh, it's that's just the way it is. Like it's never going to change completely. And what I encounter a lot when I talk to junior sailors is, and I, and I was this person too, was there's a lot of just flame throwing and, and criticism and vitriol from, from below, from the perspective that you have from a junior sailor looking up or, or laterally, whatever, however you want to look at it, at the Chiefs mess and saying, these guys are all idiots. They have no idea what they're doing. They don't care about sailors. All they care about them is themselves and their own promotion, blah, 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 right? What I'm learning by interacting with you guys, especially on, during this Reddit thread, was I know, I know less than I think I do, and I've been exposed to less than I think I have as far as the... Chiefs mess across different communities, right? Like I've seen a recruiting district. I've seen, I wasn't a recruiter, but I I worked a lot with them very closely during the Chiefs season for a couple years. So I've seen a recruiting district. I've seen shore duty at an A school. I've seen two different submarines. Um, I've bet I've worked with surface chiefs. I've worked with some CB chiefs, uh, some special warfare chiefs, um, a lot. I, we we do when we do the chief season. I get exposed to a lot of different communities, especially in the area. And now we're a big region that comes together, and I get exposed to a lot of different communities. Uh, surface side, some carrier sailors, uh, just aviation. Um, but I haven't been in their chiefs mess, right? I haven't been a part of it. I haven't worked with them on a daily basis. I haven't seen how they run a command. And so some of the stories that are being shared with me, I, it's like I gotta get more context, and I gotta get more opinions, and I gotta get. Like I got to build a better picture for myself because I haven't been there. And even then it's going to just be my perspective based on those inputs. So just understand that going into those conversations. But what I can tell you based on my experience, which I I just kind of synopsized for you is chiefs generally. And I've, and I'm telling you, I've encountered very, very few that, kind of live up to the caricature some some sailors or I would say a lot of sailors have of bad chiefs in their mind um, very very few that live up to that to that stereotype that caricature of what a bad chief is what I can tell you a lot of them are doing is making mistakes as they figure out how to do this job right um, I'm not making excuses the the stuff that they do wrong is still wrong and they should and sometimes are being held accountable by their peers. Uh, some of the stories that were shared with me, it didn't seem like that was happening and that's wrong. Uh, shouldn't, that shouldn't be happening that way. And I, and I don't think peer to peer accountability happens as much as it should. It definitely happens. And in good chiefs messes, it happens a lot. Um, I kind of shared that story the, on the last in the yarn of my holding a chief accountable, uh, for taking advantage of a junior sailor. And, uh, I can tell you in the, in the mess I'm in now, we're not perfect. We're not doing everything right. But I can tell you when a guy starts calling it outside the lines, they get corrected very quickly. Uh, there is absolutely no room for that kind of crap. So what I can tell you, though, is the vast majority of the time, 
and, I, and I'm high percentage, like 90% or above, the Chiefs that I've been exposed to, every single one of them has your best interests at heart. Every single one of that that percent, right, or that large group uh, wants to be the best Chief they can for you. They want to do the right thing. Uh, they want to lead you. They want to take care of you. They want to, you know, do whatever they can to see you succeed. Uh, and, and they're human, and they have aspirations, and they have egos. So, yeah, they're going to do some stuff that is focused on their own advancement and their own development. But the vast majority of those things are, like, their success is based on your success. So, I guess my point being is, like... I, it's this weird dichotomy where it's kind of hard to see it that they're still figuring it out. Young chiefs are still figuring out how to be a chief and not a first class. When you're coming up the ranks, everything is built. And it was for me. And I know it's still like this is everything is built around what you got to do to get that EP, what you got to do to like get that breakout on your eval, what you got to do to do all these things so that you can make chief. A lot of it is built around me, me, me. What do I got to do to get everything I need to get ranked high and get good evals so the Chiefs board selects me. Then you have to like flip that whole thing on its head and you're asked to do that during a six-week now initiation, induction, transition, freaking phase two, whatever. Now it's initiation. During that six-week period, we're trying to like beat that out of you and get you to start thinking selflessly and understand it's not about you anymore and all you should be focused on is the success and development of your sailors. Like you take care of them, they take care of the mission, everything works out the way it's supposed to, right? You don't, you can't do that in six weeks. Some people, the foundation's laid by a great mentor and it's, you're, you're finishing it. It's a finishing school. And that's what it should be. It should be a capstone event for year-round training and development. But again, can beat that dead horse. But that's not happening year-round most of the time. Unless unless you catch a great mentor. So during that six-week training period, uh, you, you're not going to get it all. You're not going to get fixed in six weeks. You're not going to get redirected in the way that you do in six weeks. You're not going to change every habit that you have and understand everything wildly differently than the Navy has conditioned you to in however many years you served prior to being selected. So what do you spend your first year as a chief doing? Generally, you spend it being really confused, really frustrated, overwhelmed, and like you have no idea how to do anything right ever. And, and I, I shared that with you guys a bunch of times about my process, like my first year. I felt like a moron. I felt like I couldn't do anything right. I felt like I didn't have control or like a handle on anything. I felt like all my sailors hated me. I felt like I was just like everything was going wrong. It was going off the rails. I didn't know what to do with my hands. I was getting yelled at by my CMC all the time like because I wasn't chiefing right, right? Like had the benefit of growing up in a, in a chief's mess with very senior people that molded me into a strong chief. And, and every single time I did something wrong, they beat me about the head and neck until I got back in line, but the accountability happened the way exactly the way that it should have all the time. Maybe not exactly. I got yelled at a lot, but like it, it happened. <laughs> like they, anytime I wasn't doing it correctly, I got corrected. So I got lucky in that regard, but the point is I spent that whole year just getting destroyed. I talked about it in the first year, spin the yarn where that, that is what happens. Like you get 
destroyed. You get beat. You get beat up. You get confused. Like you, you're you're figuring it out on the job. Unfortunately, the end product is you guys. The end product, like my end product of my leadership, is the junior sailors that I serve. Right. So you have to like deal with me being a screw up for the first year by me like finding my feet. Like me figuring out how to wear these anchors to work and not screw it up. And it doesn't always just take a year. Like I know guys that it took them three years to figure out, to really feel comfortable in the uniform and feel like they actually were like doing it right. There are some guys who can't get past their own ego, can't get past their own immaturity. Uh, Like just it takes a really long period of time for them to humble themselves and to get their crap together and figure out that it in fact is not about them and that it's only about you guys and and actually start living that instead of just saying it out loud and then there's that tiny minority that never figure it out and again i'll address them in more detail later but i 100% agree that they do exist and that it's a it's a problem and i think a lot of the problem that we have with the trust eroding is directly related to a very impactful minority because those stories travel quickly and they leave a deep, deep scar on the sailors that encounter that person. And we have to carry the burden. We being the majority that are, are at least trying to do it right, trying to figure out how to not suck at this. And we have to carry that burden of like, now I have to overcome this too. So like, I'm already, I'm already trying to figure out how to not suck at this. I'm already trying to build myself into the best leader possible. I'm already overwhelmed with all of these things that are operationally related that I have to manage. And I'm already like dealing with trying to best prepare you to deploy and take care of all the issues and blah, blah, blah. And I'm already doing all these other things. I'm already, I already have a lot of time and effort involved in all those things, but now I have to figure out how to get you to trust me again because of the things that you're seeing on the cover of the Navy times. I have to overcome that too. And that's the job. And I I had a conversation with one guy, just kind of like a little back and forth in the thread or he's basically telling me I was full of it because I'm a senior chief. And that was like the only reason was that everything I said was complete BS because I'm a senior chief. You're part of that. You're you're part of that mafia or you're part of that like evil empire of, of just tomfoolery or, or whatever, man. Like just would not listen to anything. I was trying to have a, a civil, calm conversation with him and I actually get his like perspective and and get an idea of like what he was so pissed about but he wouldn't share any of it he was just about all he was about was attacking me and that's fine like okay again that's that thing right that's exactly the example of a sailor that was burned by a chief or chiefs and i and i use that word because i want to (laughs) describe what like I, i i made a comment of like oh that's an e7 not a chief but they very intelligently responded and they're absolutely correct is that the you know junior sailors can't tell the difference uh to them a chief's a chief and you know what i mean like that's what that guy or get lady is representing because they're wearing anchors to work and you're right um and it's not it's it's like a it's like a way of on our side of it it's a way of 
of bringing somebody down a notch on your side of it, it appears that we're like shirking the accountability for that person. And I'm not at all. I'm just, it's an expression. Um, and I, and I accepted that criticism hundred percent cause it makes a lot of sense. So the, but the point being is that like that, that type of sailor that is that pissed off and that can't even have a conversation with me and doesn't trust me just because I wear this uniform. That's what you have to overcome is you have to overcome a sailor who was burned so badly by somebody wearing khakis and anchors to work that you like, I you won't even talk to me. Won't even consider that I'm in fact, not the person that burned you and that while, yeah, I am part of a chief's mess because that's the way the world works and I got promoted to that position, I, I'm not the same person. I'm not the one that did this to you, even though I kind of am, right? And that's the that's the rub is that the people that are doing this, while they are the minority, that's the mark that they leave. Now every other chief in the Navy has to carry that burden and overcome that distrust we got to figure out how to earn that back because they do represent us collectively. And that's a problem because there's enough of them that this stuff is becoming a pervasive opinion. Like this is becoming popular. Enough of it's going on. And I believe that, that the, the, the chiefs that are figuring it this out as they go and they're making mistakes because they're learning and growing in the positions that they're in and the chiefs that are actually doing it wrong that are really like either bad people or just have decided that they're not they're not going to change because they don't want to they're being lumped together into one giant category and they're just pointing at it and saying the chief's mess is broken and I, I don't want anything to do with this anymore and that's unfortunate. And I think as far as solutions go, I mean, I'm not there yet. I'm still working on that piece of it. A, lo- a gigantic piece of it, I think, is leadership development and education. And I will I will continue to, to scream that at the top of my lungs until it gets fixed. I think that kind of breeding the problem out of the Navy by building that foundation of leadership development and education and then training and training and educating and educating and correcting and 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 accountability being a large piece of it too. Uh, you know, I think you breed it out over a long period of time. I think everybody's looking for a bandaid bandaid for a bullet hole. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna institute a small amount of training or some kind of corrective action or send out a nav admin saying we need to get the chiefs together and and tell them they need to act right, right? And then that, that's just gonna fix it. No amount of CMC's knife handing a room full of chiefs is going to fix this problem. It's going to take a long time, and they're going to need to invest a lot of money and resources into it. And I just don't see that happening yet. I see it slowly crawling in the right direction, but slowly and crawling. And accountability is something else I talked about uh, at length with a couple of the people that responded to the Reddit thread. And... uh, I think there's something to the fact that when a, a bad chief, and I mean that literally, is in a position of power because they're put in that position, uh, like an LCPO job or department chief job or whatever, and they know that no matter what happens, uh, short of you know murdering somebody or uh, spying for the Russians... They're not getting busted down. Their career can stop progressing. A uh, non-putative letter of reprimand or a, or a formal letter of reprimand, letters of instruction, stuff like that, 
there are processes where it will severely affect evals and some of which get filed in your actual OPF that just you're never going to get promoted again. But like some of these guys don't care. <laughs> They're going to retire chief anyway. They don't care. So the, the fear of, of accountability doesn't exist the same way that it does for E6 and below. Uh, it doesn't exist the same way it does for some of the officers. Um, I think it's a lot easier for their careers to derail, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong about that. But for Chiefs, it's like they're so close to retirement a lot of the times if they're not past 20 already that they know they're probably not going to promote again or they're sure of it, and they know that they can't get busted down for little things. So they feel like almost invincible in a way. And so, like, or untouchable, I guess, is probably a better word for it. So they aren't, there's no fear there. So there's not a healthy fear of if I don't do what's right or I, you know, I'm not calling inside the lines that I'm going to get hemmed up for it. Like, can a, can a chief go to mass? 100%. Does it happen? Absolutely. Uh, I, I briefly, well, on the Reddit thread, I mentioned it. I watched a senior chief go to mass uh, in the last six months. A friend of mine made a stupid mistake compromised his integrity to try to take care of his guys kind of like he was basically trying to avoid rework uh he didn't think it was a big deal but in the course of communicating something to our co he lied and he went to captain's mass for it uh it's never gonna get promoted again uh well unless he sticks around long enough then and recovers from it but uh he went to captain's mass they took some money away uh it's in his record. But again, he walked in that room of senior chief and he walked out of that room of senior chief. I'm not saying in this particular case, he should have gotten busted down, but I think that threat should exist. Uh, I'd, what I'd love to see is for it to exist at like the Commodore level. I don't think you're going to bring it down to a CO level. Uh, uh, there's discussion about taking a lot of the NJP authority away from COs. It kind of comes and goes, but I definitely think that I mean, there should be a, a mechanism for these guys to get, and get, and girls, uh, for these chiefs to get investigated. And if it's substantiated, the investigation comes out with whatever it comes out with. I don't think it should take what it takes now. I don't think it should take a court-martial. I think it, sh- it, it could be something that goes to Commodore's mass, and if stuff is substantiated via evidence, take a star away. Take anchors away. If it's egregious enough, that, I mean, that should be something that, can happen because there's a lot of cases that what might not be egregious enough to get referred to court martial, but I mean, they're sure as hell egregious enough to take somebody's rank. And, and if that sailor had done the same thing at the E six and below level, 100% would have lost a Chevron. So why is it different? And, and if somebody can explain that to me, stand by ready to receive. But I don't think that if I did something as crazy as some of these junior sailors do that I see go to NJP and lose chevrons, like if I get a DUI and I'm a chief, paid or not, strip them, take them back. Like in this day and age with Uber and Lyft, I mean, come on, man. There's no excuse. And if we're going to preach zero tolerance to E6 and below, strip them. Take Take their anchors away. I have no problem with that whatsoever. And anybody that wants to challenge me, challenge me on that, standing by, ready to receive. I'd love to talk about it, cause, cause again, if I get a DUI tomorrow, take my stars, sign me up. It'll never happen, 
Because I like I'm I'm a guy like if I smell a beer if I'm close enough not happening not driving I re- I refuse I will walk home miles and miles before I ever get behind the wheel of a car if I had one drink and why is that is it because I'm worried I can't drive after one beer not at all I'm worried that we preach zero tolerance to these sailors if you have one beer don't get behind the wheel of the car and then I I see chiefs do it all the time have two three beers and then drive home. How, how is it different for you when it like than it is for them? It's not at all. Except you know that no matter what, you're going to be a chief the next day. So we had that discussion, and I passionately believe that it shouldn't be any different. You should 100% be able to lose your rank for the, for the same reasons that junior enlisted lose their ranks, right? If you're going to take a guy down, a pay, and I, Case by case, blah, blah, blah. Like, I get it. Every NJP case is different. A lot of the things that uh, sailors get busted down for, like junior enlisted, why did that guy get busted down? But in the same exact case, another guy didn't. It's not the same exact case. It's never the same exact case. I've been a, a PIO, which is preliminary inquiry officer, like 20 times. And what appears on the surface to be the same thing, same article they're brought up on and everything, it's not the same. So one person getting a more, like a harsher punishment, they lied during the investigation. There's more evidence than you know about, like et cetera. Like it's never the same case. But again, like if the case warrants busting a guy down or busting a, a any sailor down, I don't see why it's different for chiefs than it is for junior enlisted. And and sign me up because it'll affect me if I do something crazy and I should get busted down. Bust me down. Sign me up. The, but the stuff, I guess, at the end of the day, the stuff I see that I think, it's like, I think all of us being in the position we're in, like, I'm at 18 years, I'm about to go to my last shore duty, I may or may not go back to sea again as a, a chief of the boat, which is kind of the CMC on a submarine. At the level I'm at now, I'm, I'm nearing the end of my second LCPO tour, I wish I knew what I knew now the day I took over my first division. I wish when I was a fresh-faced eight-year CS1 that when I took over my division, I knew what I knew now. I had the knowledge and experience that I do now. I had been developed by the incredible leaders that I had in my first mess. I The experiences I had in my second one. Then I got to go to the Senior Enlisted Academy and that blew my mind. I learned so much. I continually developing. I, I'm listening to audiobooks. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm constantly trying to better myself, talking to my mentors. If I knew what I knew now and I had the experience that I have now, I would have been an amazing chief. I would have been so much better as an LPO. But I didn't because I was a new, fresh faced, eight year first class. I was a nine and a half year chief. I. What do you expect out of a nine and a half year chief? I would. I wanted to do well. I was very invested in it. I cared about my guys more than I have the words to articulate. But I didn't know what I was doing. And I think that what you perceive on your end to be at the worst leader on the planet, it's just a guy trying to figure it out. And is it? Is it? The answer in every scenario, no. There are bad leaders out there that should that have no business being in the position that they're in and should be removed. But that is the minority. The vast majority of the time, what you're seeing is a fresh-faced leader trying to figure it out. And 
some pushback that I get on that is, well, this guy's been a chief and he's been in forever and blah, blah, blah. Like, if they're within their first three years as a chief, regardless of how long they've been in the Navy, they're figuring it out. I was growing as a chief three years in still. I had a lot of things, a lot more things figured out than I did when I was a first year chief, but I was still figuring it out. I mean, five years in, made senior chief, still figuring it out. Been a senior chief for three plus years, still figuring it out. First year, first look at master chief has come and gone. There were zero quotas, which is unfortunate. So, <laughs> so I didn't obviously didn't make it, but it doesn't matter. I'm still figuring it out. Still figuring out how to be a good chief. And I've been a senior chief for three years. So the perspective I have, the advice I have is that while I understand your frustration, while you deserve the best possible chief, you're entitled to the best possible chief that any of us can be. Entitled. And I know exactly what that word means when I say it. You don't got to earn it. You don't got to do anything to get it. You've already done all that. The day you put a Navy ball cap on, that's it. Game over. Entitled to the best possible chief any of us wearing anchors to work can be. We should be striving for that every single day. And what I'm saying to you is a lot of the people that you see struggling, a lot of the people that you interpret to be terrible leaders are struggling and just thrashing and groping in the dark and just crawling an inch every day in the direction of being that person for you. They are trying. Maybe their personality conflicts with you. Maybe they suck at communication. Maybe they can't figure out how to motivate you. Maybe they think that the one leadership style that fits their personality will work for everyone, and it doesn't. Maybe they haven't learned that yet. But what I can tell you in the, in the conversations I have behind closed doors, mentoring these frustrated chiefs, is that the theme I see 99% of the time is that every single one of these people wants nothing else than for you to succeed, for them to be able to take care of you and put you in the best possible position to execute the mission and develop personally and professionally and to advance and to be recognized with awards. They want you to flourish and they want to do anything they can to put you in that position. But they're using the tools and limited experience that they have to try to make that happen. And if you think this is easy, if you think there's one answer that we could just, everybody take the red pill, now everybody's doing it the red pill way and it's just going to work, you're out of your mind. It's not even close to being in the vicinity of that simple. Every situation is different. It's dynamic. It's You're dealing with personalities and human beings. A lot of chiefs have it a lot harder than I do. I got like 12 guys in my supply department and, and am I a chief on the whole on the whole ship all the time? Absolutely. I deal with every sailor on board at some point. But there's a lot of chiefs out there with divisions of like 100 or something or more, right? Imagine, just imagine trying to lead that many people and being great at it. There are some principles that apply to large groups and and some universal principles. But a lot of them are case by case. And I've talked about all these things. A lot of it are depending on the person, their context, their background, what motivates them. Like, it, you got to find, like, the perfect mixture of all those things to fit that one person. And if you've got 100 persons, think about, think about how hard that is. It's incredibly difficult. 
There's not one cookie cutter answer. And I think that's what everybody believes that it's like that. Oh, you just got to do it this way. You just got to do it the right way. Just do it right. Just do it right. And like by saying that and by shouting at the wind and saying that thing that that's going to like fix them. Oh, like, okay, get all the chiefs together in a room and I'll just scream at them and knife hand them to do it right. Just be a good chief. Just stop sucking. Be a good chief. That's not like I, everybody's circumstance is different. Everybody's sailors are different. Everybody's mission requirements are different. All these people, all these human beings are motivated differently. And every one of these human beings wearing anchors to work are different. They got different problems. They got different things that motivate them. They've got different levels of experience, varying contexts, varying levels of training, and varying levels of readiness to do this job. What I'm trying to tell you is that, number one, they're figuring it out. They're learning on the job. Cut them some slack. Help them. Do whatever you can to help them. Put them in the best position to succeed. Make their job a little bit easier if you can. Be a better lower level supervisor. Work on yourself. Analyze yourself. Figure out what you could be doing better because as a second class, I wasn't doing my chief any favors. And then two, if I could go back in time, like I, I wish I could do this all over again. I wish I could go back in time and be that CS1 again with 18 years of experience and two Chiefs tours under my belt. I would be much better at this. But that's not our reality. I'd be a great divisional chief on my first boat if I could go back in time and do it all over again. I got to see a little bit of that now, even though the experience was different and my job was a lot different. I was still a division chief again, and I did a way better job because <laughs> I'd done it before. And so like going back again, it's like, okay, I, I've, I know this pitfall. I know that I know how to avoid all these things. I know how to avoid all these mistakes because I've made them already. And I already learned from them and I had those lessons and that experience to draw on. And I got to share a lot of those things with young chiefs, figuring it out on the job. And it helped a lot of them. And some of them are stubborn and they're still, you know, beating their head against the wall, trying to figure it out because they think they know the best way. And they're not always open to, to listen as much. I didn't say things like I do on this podcast five years ago. I wasn't as as humble. I wasn't as open to criticism. I wasn't as open to feedback. Uh, I wasn't as open to a junior enlisted person giving me the right answer. Like I, I, I thought I was supposed to have all the answers. I thought I was supposed to be right all the time. They're learning. They're figuring it out on the job. and And all of us... Once we learn all these things and we have all the experiences, we feel like idiots. And that's where the humility comes from. It's like, I wish I could go back in time and do this all over again, but I can't. Uh, all I can do is try to share these lessons with all of you who are mostly junior enlisted and who are hopefully the bright, intelligent, high-functioning people that are going to stick around and replace me. Because that's what that's how this gets fixed, is all these people that have all these bright ideas on how we could be doing this better need to stick around long enough to do it better because you can do it better. That's my whole goal in life is to replace myself with somebody that does it better than me. But retention, it, it, like I need to keep you around long enough to do that. It doesn't work when you say all these things and then you separate. <laughs> and I'm not saying everybody's got to stick around, but I am saying some of these bright, high-functioning kids that have all these bright ideas are the ones that I need to stick around. Because I need you to replace me. I need you to show me that 
all these criticisms and all these ideas you have about the way that you think it should be done actually work because that's why I'm here. I thought the same thing. I was the cocky, arrogant second class. I thought I knew everything and had all the answers. And when I was in that position, I was going to do it better. And some, in some instances, I was right, but in most of them, I was wrong. <laughs> I fumbled my way through it just like a, a lot of the people I saw before me. And then I learned a lot of hard lessons. And through those experiences and lessons, I got yeah pretty okay at this. Uh, at 18 years in and a crusty old senior chief. So there you go. That's what I got for you today. Uh, as always, just based on this whole thing, the Reddit thread, the conversations, uh, I'm, I'm always interested in hearing feedback, questions, comments, concerns, hit me up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us at don't give up the ship podcast, or you can DM me on Instagram at Diga's podcast. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, any feedback is always, always welcome. And just know that, I mean, we're learning. We're always constantly learning on the job. Uh, if I do go back to see as a cob, I'm going to find myself in that same position where I'm figuring it out, you know, and, and I'm going to learn a lot of hard lessons and look like an idiot doing them. And there's going to be a whole bunch of junior enlisted sailors saying that out loud in wherever the birthing or wherever there has smoke pit that cobs an idiot. Like why, how, how does he not know these things? You know, how does he not know that this is the right way to do it? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I, you know, I'm learning. I'm figuring it out and I hope that you stick around long enough to show me all the ways that you could have you could have done it better because that's that's should and and is always the goal uh, at least for me and for a lot of other awesome chiefs that I know is to build our reliefs to be better than us I, I want you to replace me and I want you to be better than me I want you to turn around and say I told you so uh, when I'm at your chief spinning ceremony and when I'm at you know your retirement ceremony so uh, that's it. That's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs> <laughs>